The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. You know when it's right, you know when you feel it, baby. You hold it, you hear it, you taste it, it's right. You got the right one, baby. Welcome back. This is Nature of Business, and I am your host, Chrissy Coughlin, and we have on the line Dan Benna, who is the Senior Director for uh, Sustainability at the PepsiCo Company. Welcome, Dan. Hi, Chrissy. Thanks very much. Uh, did you appreciate the, the intro song there? So I have a, an ear-to-ear grin on my face. You guys really, <laughs> uh, you take care of every detail. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually not my idea. That was my producer's idea. But once he... Oh, well, thanks to your producer. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't heard that in a very long time. So it was really nice. To, I mean, what's wrong? there's nothing wrong with Ray Charles. So anyway, how are you doing? Bring back the oldies. I love that. You know, one of our, our current uh, TV ads actually has Mariah Carey and it has Britney Spears and it has several of our artists over the years, including Michael Jackson, some of the older clips from him. So it's kind of nice to go back sometimes, I think. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you being with with me today and with us today. Um, I know that my listeners are really excited to hear about about what you're doing. Can you talk to me? Let's just start with your role at Pepsi. And I know it's a huge company. Um, Big companies are often targets. We know that. And uh, you're working on Pepsi's sustainability efforts. Tell me a little bit about your role and how you prioritize and you know, if we have, you know, if you want to, what projects are getting you the most excited lately? Sure, I have to tell you this, Chrissy. Before we even start that, I have to take a couple of minutes to brown nose a little bit. Sure. I, I have to tell you, I was uh, I met with somebody yesterday in my office here in Purchase. His name's Tim Wersbecki, and he's from the Global Adaptation Institute. And I mentioned your name, and I said I'm going to be speaking to Chrissy tomorrow. And he, his whole face brightened up, and he said, "Oh my <laughs> God, I met her at Climate Week, and it's just, it's amazing." how in a relatively short time you are really doing what you said before the break, which is spreading the word. You're, you're really getting around. In a well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, now I've got a smile from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you, I, you know, my role is a, is a really what I describe kind of as anomalous because um, I don't know that many people have a role quite like mine, and I think a lot of the reason that is is because it's evolved over time. I've been with Pepsi 27 years, um, never, ever in a million years expected to work for a food and beverage company. I actually was in a PhD program in pharmacology mm-hmm. and I was doing this really, really technical kind of dweeby research and it was, you know, to look at high blood pressure and all of that stuff. And um, the day came when I had this epiphany because I actually had to decapitate my first lab rat. And that oh. was important to do the research. <laughs> and I'm an animal lover, despite what you said about flinging birds before the break. I, <laughs> I'm an animal lover, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. So that was the end of my my PhD career in pharmacology. I just couldn't do it, and I said, you know what, I need I need an alternate. So I was planning to go to medical school, and my wife um, actually was a much better student than I. She was a 4.0 
valedictorian, straight A's. She also wanted to go to med school. And I said, Di, you go to med school. Um, I'll pay for it. You know, I'll get a job basically doing anything to pay for it, and then you can return the favor. And she's now a physician at Columbia. And long story short, I never left Pepsi. It, it's just been a remarkable company. So if you look at my LinkedIn page, which is probably the best way to describe what I do, I call myself a dot connector for major impact. And that really is it in a nutshell. I try to connect the dots both internally and externally with various stakeholder audiences and NGOs and governments and academics and people like you to kind of get the word out of the significant positive impact that companies can have in partnership with others. Well, it's it's amazing because I actually was was watching your panel discussion with um, with Steve Cohen, um, and I think oh, that was yeah, at the like, Institute. Yeah, and I think that was relatively uh, relatively recently, like seven months ago, and yeah. and that really struck me. Um, and you know, we can talk about this perhaps now, but but your partnerships are incredible. Um, you're partnering with them, and you've really thought out, you know, with whom you're going to partner to help get the word out and to actually have the largest impact. Um, and, and what I think struck me was just that, you know, the, you mentioned three, three organizations and then they all had a specific reason yeah. why they, they were part of the, the, the message and the mission. And, and that to I'm, me was so very powerful. With, yeah, I'm so thrilled with the, uh, they're, they're all part of what we call our water portfolio of partners. And it, I'm, you asked about what sort of gets me excited and what I'm the most proud of. I would have to say that's certainly one of them at the top of the list because we, we specifically looked at the magnitude of the global water crisis, right? And it's, I mean, it's horrific when you think that still after decades and decades of trying to improve it, almost a billion people still are without access to safe water, right? The latest report says, I think, 884 million people. And even worse than that, or certainly as bad, 2.6 billion people with a B lack access to sanitation. It means they don't have sewers, they don't have toilets. And, and when you think of these kinds of statistics and how you know we in the Western world really enjoy so many luxuries, if a company like PepsiCo of PepsiCo's size, and you know, we do business in more countries and territories than the United Nations has members. We have 300,000 associates across the world, armies of people that are passionate. Imagine if we can move all of that, all of our resources, all of our influence toward improving the planet. And that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, that's part of performance with purpose, which is our operating model. But specifically with the water portfolio, I'm proud of it because it's really holistic. So we looked at, you know, watershed and we looked at the water source and said, okay, who's a really good partner to help us with watershed improvements in communities where we operate? And we found the Earth Institute under the leadership of Jeff Sachs, who he in and of himself is quite a luminary because he's one of the major architects of the United Nations Millennium Development Goals. So he's really well known and he understands people in poverty and what it takes to bring people out of poverty, but he also understands the long-term business impact that that can have, which is really important. So that's, that's the Earth Institute, kind of the watershed partner. Then we figured if you assure that there's going to be enough water available at the source for years to come, you need to get that water to people, right? Because nowadays it's unbelievable how many hours, I mean, millions of hours globally are spent by mostly women not being able to go to school and actually having to walk six to eight hours a day to go fetch water. So we thought if we can help improve that and bring water into the villages, that would be great. So we, we enter another partner, which is water.org. 
and that's the, an NGO that was co-founded by Matt Damon, the actor, and this brilliant engineer, Gary White, who's been doing things like this for 20 years. And they actually have this innovative model called Water Credit. And your listeners can go to watercredit.org, which is a site specifically talking about water credit. And it talks about what works and what doesn't work and what they've learned over 20 years of doing this. But it uses basically microfinance. And you're certainly well aware of microfinance. And Muhammad Yunus uh, is probably the guy that really put microfinance on the map years ago. But it's, it's basically giving people who are poor very small loans, like about $120 U.S. per loan. And it's to get access to water in the village, water and sanitation. And when we first started to, to invest in this as PepsiCo three years ago, People thought we were nuts because they thought, how could you possibly give loans to people who are at the base of the economic pyramid, you know, the poorest of the poor? And I'm happy to say, thrilled to say, in fact, that we can certainly say we can prove them wrong because those loans are enjoying almost 100% repayment. I think any bank in the world would be envious of that kind of repayment. And the great part is 95% of the beneficiaries, 95% of the people taking out the loans are women. So it really, I mean, it, it's just, I get chills talking about it because wow. there's so many areas that intersect water, and water.org is a, is a great partner. And then the last thing, kind of rounding out this whole portfolio, is once you get water from the source to the village, you want to make sure that it's safe and that it's pure. And PepsiCo was a founding member um, with the late, great Paul Newman uh, four or five years ago of something called the Safe Water Network. And that's another nonprofit that was founded specifically by business leaders to make sure that there's a sustainable solution to providing safe water. And we believe, firmly believe, that one of the ways you get that sustainability is kind of the old saying about teaching them to fish rather than giving them the fish, right? It's actually mm -hmm. developing new markets for the provision of safe water. And that's what Safe Water Network is doing in India and Ghana and Kenya and other parts of the world. So getting back to water, because it is so, so integral uh, to, to your consumer product, what, talk to us about Pepsi's Pepsi's goal to reduce your water footprint to zero. I mean, that, that's a pretty tall order. How, how, do you, how are you planning on doing this? Yeah, so it's, it's certainly, you know, very clearly an aspirational goal, right? But aspirational goals, I think, are good just as very specific metrics are good, right? So you need kind of a combination of both. And we've been very active in something called the Water Footprint Network since it was founded a few years ago. And we've kind of been informing some of the global dialogue around water footprint. And water footprint still to this day has a lot of different definitions. It's not like there's a single global understanding of what water footprint means. But in this context, it basically means becoming the most efficient user of water, not only in our direct operations, but in our supply chain. And when it comes to the direct operations part, you know, we were one of the first companies of our size back in 2006 to issue a company-wide public quantitative goal to improve our water use efficiency by 20% by the year 2015. And we picked 2015 specifically because that's also the target year of the UN Millennium Development Goal. So we thought there would be kind of a nice confluence there of, of those target years. And the great news is by the end of this year, we are going to be probably very close to meeting that goal four years early. We're currently wow. at over 18%, and we're thrilled. And, and one of the ways we've done that is significant water conservation practices across all of our plants. So that's, I mean, it's amazing. Once you start to measure 
the water use within your facilities. And I mean measure it with, with a great degree of granularity. So every single stream that uses water, every substream that uses water, you need to measure the volume. And ideally, you also want to measure the quality of that water because that'll help you decide what can be recycled and what can't. But the most important part is you need to assign a relative value to those water streams. Because if you can assign a relative value to each of those streams, and we actually have a tool that allows us to do that, then the operations people on the ground can say, wow, I had no idea that I, you know, I was paying 10 times more for water from the time it comes into the plant to the time it leaves because of things like chemical softening and waste treatment chemicals and all of that. So the more data you can give them that's quantitative that they can actually see productivity, the more creative they get with how to recycle and reuse streams. So that's a, that's a really big part of our uh, reduction of water footprint is conservation. The other huge piece is what's happening with water and agriculture, right? So, I mean, you know that, that water, sorry, that agriculture represents about 70% of global water use, right? In mm -hmm. developing countries, which is where our biggest business opportunities are, it represents close to 90%. And that is a, that is a phenomenal statistic to kind of chew on, right? 90% of water use is agriculturally based. So immediately we say, since PepsiCo is really an agricultural company, six out of 10 of our top raw materials are agricultural commodities, there is a vested interest that we have in seizing that opportunity to reduce water use in agriculture. I mean, if we're able to do that, all of our direct operations interventions would pale in comparison because mm -hmm. the opportunity in agro is so big. And we're actually doing stuff there as well. So one of the partners is, is oddly enough, the Earth Institute. Um, they have something called a tensiometer, which is a really simple device that allows farmers to monitor their water use, especially in developing countries. They've managed to, to produce it really inexpensively. It costs about $7. And we're hoping to scale that uh, to both rice and wheat farmers over the next couple of years through a partnership with the Earth Institute. And then on the more direct business side, um, we had a partnership with Cambridge University in the UK where we developed this innovative technology called iCrop. And iCrop is a series of probes and, and a series of software that actually allows farmers to monitor what the, the water needs of the crops are at their root zone and deliver only the amount of water that the crops need specifically when they need it. And that right now that's being piloted at multiple farms in the United Kingdom, and we're really optimistic about the significant water savings that that's going to afford us. One initiative that really grabbed me was this iCrop, this series of, of so the software, the probe software. Dan, let's, let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about how people are taking to these introductions of these um, projects in, in, in different countries. Sure. They, yeah. Chrissy, the one thing that, that um, I love that you talk about is you're, you're very optimistic, right? So you really do try to focus on the positive. And I have to tell you, when it comes to things like greenwashing or bluewashing, I'm happy to say that, at least from my perspective, I think that's sort of a dwindling thing of the past. You know, I think three or four years ago, people were like, oh, my God, you're only doing it because it's, you know, it's self-aggrandizing or there's some reason that you're doing it and you really don't care about the people. It couldn't be farther from the truth now. And I think consumers across the world are really starting to get that. Certainly, farmers are welcoming our interventions. I mean, one, one very specific example is that tensiometer that I mentioned in India. Last year, we were at about 5,000 farmers that actually deployed this very simple uh, 
um, economical tensiometer. We're hoping to get to 50,000 farmers by the end of 2012. And literally, the, the folks in India can't make enough of them to keep up with the demand. I mean, the farmers, once you educate them and let them see that this will reduce their costs, right? Because it'll either reduce costs because of water costs or it'll reduce costs because of electricity because it costs a heck of a lot of money to actually pump water from deep wells, right, to be able to irrigate. So I think once, you know, once you, you, you partner with them truly and educate them as to what the value is for them so that it's a shared value model, they love it. I mean, another great example of this is in um, what we're doing with direct seeding of rice. We've been doing this now in India for, oh, close to eight years, I would say. It's, um, it's a, a technique that has been around for many, many years called direct seeding, which saves an awful lot of water in the way you traditionally grow rice, which is a staple food crop. What PepsiCo came in and did was we invented an innovative piece of equipment that actually goes on the end of a tractor, and it automates this process called direct seeding. And by doing that, it allows farmers to plow or, or to, to direct seed a lot more acreage. And we're seeing a 20 to 30% savings in water over traditional flood irrigation by doing this. And we just found out late last year, we're also seeing an over 70% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions on farm because you don't get this kind of methanogenic activity, they call it, at the base of the crop. So, I mean, you talk about a win-win. It's, it's growing a staple food crop with farmers in developing countries, saving significant water and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. It's like manna from heaven. So more and more, as they start to see the benefits, they, they want more. <laughs> manna from heaven, I, I love it. I haven't found out already, I don't shut up, so you really... <laughs> No, I, I love it. I could, and I don't either. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that, that that's great. I mean, I love the I love the specific stories, and obviously that is a win win. So, um, and, and I know there are many many more we could talk about, but let, let's move on quickly here. Um, I, I'm I'm I have to say that one thing that really struck me when I watched um, a couple of videos of you is was that I I you said in public that you used to be an introvert, which I find really difficult to believe. <laughs> I, I I actually really can't believe that, but. I do. I mean, if you said it, I heard it from your, you know, you, yeah, I, yeah. and that you really kind of didn't even like to go out and get coffee and stuff. And you yeah. just sort of hung out in, in the lab and whatever. This is pre PepsiCo days. Um, you're clearly no shrinking violet with what you do. I mean, you're involved in so many things. I mean, you're, you're on the steering committee of the United Nations CEO water mandate. You are, you know, I mean, you, you name it. I can go. There's a list here of things I can name. And Talk to me about everything that you're involved in. Every time I hear an acronym that has water or sustainability or this or that, I often wonder, is everybody working together in these? I mean, I know that you're affiliated with these, but how are all of these groups working together to uh, tackle the goal? And how does that relate to Pepsi? That's a great question, Chrissy, because one of the things... um, First of all, it's absolutely true about me being a pathologic introvert when I first started. And actually, one of my really good friends, Linda, is still here working at Pepsi, and she's the one that used to have to go out and get me coffee because I was so timid and so afraid to leave the lab. And what I always say is once the spark, you know, whatever the spark is that makes you passionate about what you do, whatever that spark is, once it gets ignited, there's no stopping you. I mean, it's just, there's not enough hour in the day. I mean, thank God my wife is really understanding because she knows, you know, the long hours that we both work. She understands it because she sees the passion and she sees the zeal, I think, that comes through. And it's it's amazing when you see the impacts that, that large companies like PepsiCo can have. That said, 
Imagine the impact collaboratively if PepsiCo partners with other peers, potentially even competitors. I mean, there are, there are organizations where PepsiCo and Coca-Cola work hand-in-hand hand on pre-competitive issues. And many of the issues that are, that are deemed pre-competitive are, in fact, environmental. So it's things like the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. They, they just last year formed a leaders group in water. And it is businesses across multiple sectors, not just food and beverage, that are all working together toward the common goal of helping to mitigate the global water crisis. And it's, it's really refreshing to see. I mean, the first time I, I sat in a room across the table from some of our competitors, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what to expect from something like this? But it actually got to be so natural because, you know, it's all people with positive intent. They're going at a common objective, which really is good for, you know, I'm, I'm not going to kid you. It's certainly good for the business, but it's also certainly good for society. And I think that's kind of the overriding principle. Great. Great. Now, do you, do you, is your book out? You have a book coming up. Yeah, that's so nice of you. I, uh, it's actually available in e-format now uh, oh. on Amazon.com. And I just, great. this morning, literally, so this is a very special day because I just got an email from the printer saying that the hard copies are done. And it's the first Oh my gosh, congratulations. <laughs> so you were a good luck charm, I think. That's, I feel really honored that this is like the same day that your book came out. So <laughs> so you can find it in e-format, but you can, it's going to be in hard copy when to the public? That's right. Actually, November 1st, it'll be available in print. Oh, soon. Okay. And and, and tell us what it's called. So it's called um, Sustainability, How a Corporate Conscience Sustains the Ability to Win. Mm. And I have to tell you, it's, it's kind of weird the way I, I believe a lot in sparks, obviously, as I've already mentioned, when you ignite a spark of passion. And I literally one day was taking the Acela train down to Washington, D.C. for a meeting. And it's about a four-hour ride. And this, this light bulb went off in my head, and I said, you know what? I really feel like writing a book to help, especially smaller companies, understand what they can do and the impact they can have in sustainable development. And honest to God, I started to write, and the whole four hours went by so quickly. I finished the book on the trip back, so about eight hours total, and oh it's done. And it's just – I'm so happy with it because – you know, we get approached all the time by companies that'll come in and say, you know, can you can we use you as a springboard or can you can we run something past you and, and tell us what you think of it? And I thought this is so much more efficient to kind of be able to put whatever lessons I was fortunate enough to learn over 27 years into a book. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to read it and, and I'll definitely get that out on you know, my website, you know, for our listeners. I have so, so, ma much. so many more questions for you. Um, we have to wrap up, unfortunately. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I, I know. I want to talk so much about the foundation. I know that there's just so much cool stuff going on. What, can we quickly talk about the PepsiCo Foundation? Because I think this is a really cool, cool part of, of, the, of the company in general and, and quickly what you're up to, what the, what the foundation is up to recently. Sure. So the foundation's uh, got a focus area of environment and, and that's largely water and I described the water portfolio. Also health and nutrition and also education. And for those listeners who are really interested, I, I would say that the two biggest things that they should really go to and check out, one is diplomasnow.org. And that is, you know, an external website, but it is a phenomenally successful program that the PepsiCo Foundation was instrumental in developing with City Year years ago. And it's to help at-risk high school and middle school students actually get through high school and then graduate college. The success metrics have been astounding. So diplomasnow.org is really exciting. The other thing on the nutrition front 
is just uh, actually earlier this month at the Clinton Global Initiative, we launched a partnership with the World Food Program of the United Nations and USAID, and it's called Ethiopia. And the, the last three letters are P-E-A, because it's a, it's a partnership to leverage the great supply chains that are currently in and around Ethiopia for chickpeas. Chickpeas huh. are extremely nutritious. They're a great thing to be able to eat. It's very important for our transformation of our product portfolio. But this particular project is exciting because we're hoping to help 10,000 farmers double the yield of their chickpeas. And the thing that is a great note to leave on is we're hoping that because of this partnership with the World Food Program, we're hoping to make a locally sourced, ready-to-use supplemental food, very much like Plumpy Nut, which is which is often well-known in kind of the World Food Program circles, but it's going to be made from chickpeas with the target of improving the nutrition of 40,000 children aged 6 to 23 months. So, I mean, I think that's a really laudable goal. I'm really proud to work for PepsiCo, and thanks for letting us share this. Oh, this is terrific. It's too bad you have no enthusiasm at all, Dan. It's, <laughs> it's horrible, you know. <laughs> it makes me very happy when I speak with people like you who are inside these large, large companies with so many so many associates, you know, over 300, I guess you're about 300,000 associates, and, and, yeah. and you're, you're, you have such uh, – such just such energy and it, it really is 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 fun and an honor to interview you so thank you thank you chrissy the honor's mine the proceeding has been nature of business with chrissy coughlin in association with greenbiz.com